comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. is out now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and as always, this is... Abe! (laughs) (laughs) Out Now is a film podcast with Abe and I discussing new movies weekly. We also bring in a little discussion about the latest movie trailers, box office results and predictions, a retro review that has to do with the main feature of the week, games, and other fun stuff. Out Now is doing... What are we doing? We're on our 47th episode. This is episode 47. Just checking right along. Uh, Yeah. And uh, this week we are talking about the Lorax and the secret world of Arietti. A double double review episode. Those are always long. Anyway, um, <laughs> joining us to discuss well, at least some of these, uh, we have writer for the webisode series, just seen it, and the one person who thought the sharks were actually gone and it was safe to go back in the water, Liz Manishil. That's me. <laughs> Hi. And uh, the one girl who was aware of the dangers found in the water due to the ample amounts of piranha presence, Lady Lucy. Yay! <laughs> What's up, guys? How are we doing? Lovely. Uh, yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> um let's see a few announcements before we get underway with things uh, itunes reviews and ratings always nice to get those we actually have gotten some recently which is awesome so thank you for those um really easy to do log on to itunes and, you know simple step process it helps the show out helps everybody out so thanks for those who have you know done that also i emphasize this again we have easter eggs at the end of every episode and the, the abe's a master at editing all of these because I listened to the last like bloopers we've had a few times now because they make me laugh. So, <laughs> Abe, kudos to you and everyone who has not you know realized that we do have bloopers at the end of the show. Stick around because they tend to be fun. And uh, yeah, so with that out of the way, let's get to know everybody. Where we ask each other some questions and try to get to know everybody and you know set the tone for the uh, for the podcast. So, um, Liz, I'm gonna I'm gonna start off with you since you're you know new to our podcast and everything. Okay. Uh, Aaron? Yes. How much do you hate me for not having seen Spirited Away? <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't see Spirited Away for the longest time. So it's not, you know, it's understandable, I would say. Have you seen other Studio Ghibli movies? All right. Less hate than I was expecting. <laughs> Have you seen other Studio Ghibli movies? I saw the one with the pig face. <laughs> I just face palmed myself. <laughs> So there's more hate from Leah than there is. <laughs> it's, it's fine. It's fine. I'm over it. I'm already over it. I mean, I assume that every every girl had like a Totoro doll somewhere in the room, but I guess that's not exactly the case. I have two. <laughs> um, Leah. Yes. What Dr. Seuss adaptation would you want to see animated or live action? Hmm. Interesting. Um... They haven't done, have they done Green Eggs and Ham? No. I don't think they have. I think that would be fun. Or, I mean, oh, the places you'll go is like, oh. you know, the big thing that you get at graduation and all that kind of stuff usually. So 
That might be fun. Live action. A live action version. Yeah. Of the, the place you'll go. Yeah. Or Green Eggs and Ham animated. So so not yeah. not Green Eggs and Ham live action because that'd be too. No. No, definitely. Not. <laughs> Absolutely not. Abe. Yes. You're okay. The best 3D film you've seen. The best 3D film. Hugo. Yes. Hands down. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. That's a good movie with 3D. Yep. Yeah. Aaron. Yeah. Who would you rather voice the Lorax? Who would I? Okay, so who would I rather voice the Lorax? Yeah. Okay. Um, let's see. I had DeVito voicing the Lorax. Who would make more sense to voice the Lorax? Obviously, I'm going to go with Christian Bale doing the Batman voice. I think that just makes sense. Yeah. Did you chop down the, this tree? <laughs> the Onesler <laughs> would have really listened to him if that was the case. <laughs> it's the trees we have, but not the ones we need right now. Hey, who was your pick for who would you Simon Pegg Simon Pegg would voice the Lorax yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. not Nick Frost it could have been either or but I was Simon Pegg <laughs> more, more name recognition for right now in the states or what if it what if it was just the whole Dark Knight cast so we had like Christian Bale was actually the Onesler and then Michael Caine was the Lorax and he I would actually really like that a and lot he'd be like why do trees fall down to pick themselves up <laughs> that's enough cockney for one day okay um <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, uh, Abe. Mm-hmm. How would how would Studio Ghibli handle a Dr. Seuss film? Uh, I think they make it like the best film ever made of a Dr. Seuss film. It's no question. I think that uh, Hayao Miyazaki takes so much attention to detail that it's it would be it'd be like wow, this is an Oscar worthy film. Like they wouldn't just be green eggs and ham. They'd be you'd know the exact kind of egg they are. Yeah, you would. You you and then you'd see the bird that laid the egg. And then you'd see the bird that laid the egg die. And then you'd see the bird that laid the egg's egg get cracked open, like, beautifully with the glisten. Yeah, it'd just be crazy. Anyway, Liz. Yes. What is one of your favorite claymation or stop-motion films? I like Fantastic Mr. Fox. That's a horrible answer. That's not a horrible answer at all. That's a wonderful, wonderful film. Oh, my God. Oh, oh, good. Okay. But, I mean, I was going to go back to, like, early Wallace and Gromit, but I didn't have the cred. Oh, I love Wallace and Gromit. Oh, yeah, Wallace and Gromit. We're we're looking forward to that Pirates movie, so. Yeah, we have. (laughs) Uh, Abe? Yes. uh, What do you think about the fact that in the Lorax, Ed Helms' character feels bad for cutting down trees, yet his other job is selling paper? (laughs) <laughs> i thought about that a lot i was like that's a good, i didn't even think of that that's a good a lot question. Of, yeah this is reminding me a lot of andy from the office oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah the way that he's also a salesman oh. <laughs> um and i was thinking wow this should really be great with like some of the cast members of the office um i think that it's it's really ironic yes and i think that it's just it maybe it's like a little adult inside joke but yeah, that's that's pretty that's a good question. That's really funny. I did not think of that yeah. at all. <laughs> all right, uh, Leah. Yeah. This is not a movie question at all. That's fine. How do you just, feel about Albert Pujols? No, no, no. Oh How no! Albert Pujols leaving the St. Louis Cardinals. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, it's it's fine. It's fine. I mean, we won last year. We shall carry on. I'm more upset about Tony LaRusso not being our manager anymore. He's pretty uh, old. To be honest. And Yadier Molina has always been my favorite Cardinal. So as long as cool. he's around, I'll still be a true blue Cardinal fan. Aaron. Yeah. Since we were talking about Dark Knight earlier, um, who was your favorite actor as Batman? As Batman? 
yeah. as Batman or as Bruce Wayne? As both. I'll get both, both answers. It's fine. Um, okay. Uh, in the cowl as Batman between Keaton and Bale, like I mean, Bale's done, Bale's had more to do since you know that movie's actually about those movies are actually about Batman and not the villains so much. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, Bale in general, just because those movies are so much better than the the previous Batman films, Bale's very good. But uh, I really like Val Kilmer as Bruce Wayne. Actually, I thought he was a solid Bruce Wayne, like. As goofy as Batman Forever is, that movie does do a lot more with Bruce Wayne than the previous Batmans do, the, like the Batman or Batman Returns did, and especially we, Batman and Robin, which we don't need to talk about too much, but like that movie, it, it has, it, Tommy Lee Jones is pretty terrible in that movie, Jim Carrey's really, he's very Jim Carrey in that movie, but there is, there's a lot of Bruce Wayne stuff in Batman Forever that I like, and I like Val Kilmer as him. And Michael Keaton's just cool. Like, I wish I, I, feel, I always feel bad that Michael Keaton's not like one of the biggest actors out there right now because Michael Keaton's just awesome in general. Yeah. But I mean, Christian Bale, like he's he, he, he you know, he's he, he's Christian Bale. He he, he picks himself up. Uh, <laughs> don't get me started on Michael Caine things. It's just be. <laughs> I but we saw the I saw the the Dark Knight Rises trailer with um. A uh, guy with what with Project X. We don't need to talk about Project X, by the way, but that that's a movie that Great. that's not a movie that I'm very happy. With. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. But I hadn't like watched the Dark Knight Rises trailer in a while, so like seeing it on the big screen again, it's like, oh my god! I was like, okay, we can leave. I just stood up. It was like, we we could get out of here, yep. but we we stayed, yep. and that was unfortunate. But uh, anyway, <laughs> is that everybody? Have we done everybody? No, I believe so. I okay, and that's how you you know play know everybody. So let's move on to what the. The thing that Lee's been working forward to all week, we're going to talk about a couple ah. movie trailers. And the first one, let's just jump right into it. We're going to talk about Piranha 3 Double D. Yes! Per- Boom. Piranha th- oh my god, yes. Piranha 3 Double D is the follow-up to the surprisingly very entertaining Piranha 3D, which came out a couple years ago now. And uh, this one takes place a couple years later, now at a newly opened water park where the prehistoric school of bloodthirsty piranhas have made their way into. The film brings back a number of cast members from the first film, including Ving Rhames, who I thought had died in the first movie, but hasn't yep. apparently. Um, then you and Christopher Lloyd, who I hope is even more Christopher Lloyd in this movie than the first movie. And then a, just a whole bunch of other random people, including Gary Busey, who I think Paul Shear, uh, Paul Shear, who's also back, who like didn't die, who yep. like mysteriously disappeared in the first film, but is back. Uh, God, <laughs> Gary Busey, I believe I'm pretty sure I saw him bite the head off a piranha and then spit it back out at me in the trailer. I think that's what happened. <laughs> and all this other stuff. Leah, what, what, what do you have to say about Piranha 3 Double T? Oh, my God, I'm so excited. Like. Literally, I you you messaged me that the the trailer was out and I I died. Um, but yeah, I I've been waiting since I mean Piranha 3D came out for a follow up and I, although I'm a little upset that uh, Eli Roth isn't in this one, I, I'm I'm so excited. He lost a pretty significant part of himself in the. <laughs> that's very true. So did very so true. did many people for that matter. <laughs> And that's what I'm most excited about. More people losing parts of themselves. <laughs> <laughs> Abe, any thoughts on Piranha 3 Double D? The logic is, is incredibly crazy. They're swimming through chlorine-filled pools. This is, this is what's uh, getting you hung up. Go on. <laughs> They're piranhas, Abe. <laughs> yeah, prehistoric weird piranhas 
that exactly. could so uh it's weird I, I think that the best part about this trailer was um at the end where ving rim says get me my leg <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and i was like what is he talking about and then i was like oh my god it's like he's, he's shooting piranhas with his like stump leg um i i this movie looks ridiculously fun. Uh, I, I can't really say anything else other than that. I mean, the 3D, I hope the 3D makes everything awesome. There's a lot of... Uh, hey, hey, I, I'm sorry, I hate to correct you, it's, but it's... It's double it's D. It's the 3D. Yeah. Oh, right. So that means that uh, I'm going to be... Is that almost breaking the fourth wall? Uh, hey, hey, you're going to be... It's double the fun. Yeah, you, need a couple set, <laughs> you need a couple sets of glasses to, to watch this one. Oh. Mm. Um, but yeah, this looks pretty fun. Um... I will definitely have to check this out. Well, we, yeah, we will, because that's that's definitely an episode of the show that we're going to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> that's when Leah comes back. When we do Guess our... who's going to be the guest star? Liz, have you seen this trailer, by the way? Did you? Uh, yeah, I checked it out. I'm I'm the more of the negative Nancy of the group, because... <laughs> Sorry. I, I like the old-school Roger Corman production values. Like, I want fake, practical fish. I don't want CGI fish, so I'm... I'm like the cranky. Sorry. Back to way slowly. That is completely okay. <laughs> it's understandable, I guess. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the first Piranha was directed by Alexandra Aja. 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 One of those. And uh, this one is actually being done by the guys that did the, uh, I don't know if anyone saw these, the movies, the Feast and the Feast films, which were, those are those movies that were produced by uh, the, the Project Greenlight thing with uh, Damon and Ben Affleck. And uh, they, mm. oh, yeah. they've also, I think they've also written a couple of the Saw movies, and now they're doing Piranha 3 Double D. There's no yeah. release date right now for Piranha 3 Double D. It just comes out in the summer sometime. Summer. So, yeah. I guess we'll see. It's just, they got to find the right time for Piranhas to strike, I guess. So, we'll see. Um,. Moving on, the next trailer we can talk about is Frankenweenie. Yay! Sweet. This <laughs> this is this is a new uh, stop animation film from Tim Burton, and um, it's incredibly funny to note that uh, Frankenweenie was actually a live action short that Tim Burton did back in the '80s, which got him fired from Disney, and now he's brought brought you know he he can actually do it in stop animation form as a full length feature for Disney. Times have changed, apparently. But uh, this is the story of a boy who loses his dog, and obviously the only solution is to bring his dog back via the way of Frankenstein technology. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he does so, and I'm sure comedic mischief ensues. Uh, Liz, what do you think about this trailer? Oh, I'm I'm excited. I'm super down for this one. Um, which is, I'm not a huge Tim Burton fan um, as of late after Alice in Wonderland. But this will bring me back into the fold. I feel it. Did I just terrify everyone? No, I, I agree. No, no. Actually, no. I, no, I've, I've, um, I've, I feel like I've grown up with Tim Burton for the most part. Like just Same. like as his, yeah, as his become out. Like I've, just, it seems like one of those directors I've just kind of been with. And as that's gone along, it seems like his projects have gotten less and less personal. Um, yeah. There has it doesn't seem like there's been much Burtonness in his Burton movies for a while, even though they all you know star Johnny Depp and have. What, seem like his sensibilities but they just don't feel like tim burton films they feel like tim burton's at a studio doing you know the requisite things that would make a tim burton movie charlie and the chocolate factory is it's a charlie or willy Wonka. Sweet sweet Todd. Oh, sweet Todd i liked a lot actually sweet Todd, corpse bride that was a little while yeah. ago but 
I like Sweeney Todd quite a bit. Actually. Yeah. Still, that's that's still Thank a lot. That's a lot. That's a while ago now, though. That's mm-hmm. like what oh eight maybe. I'm really excited about it. Uh, although I find it curious that both Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter are not in the cast. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know who else finds that surprising? Ricky Gervais. Okay. Yeah, uh, this this movie actually looks really cool. Um, it kind of reminds me. I'm glad that they got a lot of weird stuff, animation stuff coming out, just like uh, uh, Paranorman. Uh, it's, Paranorman. It's kind yeah. of fitting. Yeah, it, I. It's it looks really cool. It looks kind of like oh, there's gonna be a lot more in jokes for people who are older. Yeah, it's fun. I can't really hate on kids' films. Hope we'll see about that. But um, except for a few. Yeah. <laughs> yeah uh, you know, what's curious is Frankenween is coming out, and we've seen a trailer for it. That's in October. Tim Burton has a movie coming out in May called Dark Shadows of Johnny Depp and Helena Bonham Carter, among others, that we've seen. We've only seen, like, images for it. There's been no trailers for it at all. Like, I'm curious what, what's going on with that movie that's had no marketing. Right. But, uh, yeah, we'll see, I guess. Like, that, and that movie has quite the cast. Ava Green, Michelle Pfeiffer, Chloe Moretz. Christopher Lee, of course. Yeah, Christopher Lee, another Burton staple. <laughs> yep. Yep. Yeah, well, Frank and Weenie, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's, I like a good stop animation film. And uh, Although I wasn't a big fan of Corpse Bride, I gotta say. Amazing Avengers trailer that came out this week also. We it's a typical Burton claymation stop animation film. Not claymation, yeah. stop animation. All right, well, Frank and Weenie comes out October 5th, 2012. Um, I guess I'd be remiss to not mention the amazing Avengers trailer that came out this week also. We don't need to go. What? A lot in the past, but, you know, why not bring it up? There was a new Avengers trailer this week, and it was kind of mind-bottling. I went there. And, um, yeah, maybe we'll talk about it again at some point. But, Abe, did you see the Avengers trailer? Yes, I saw Avengers Assemble in cinemas coming this summer. (laughs) The UK Lingo. (laughs) <laughs> but it looked awesome. Um, I'm really excited about that. It actually gives a little bit more plotline too, which which makes me more intrigued. Uh, whereas they're they're actually not just like a team that's ready to go. It's kind of just like they're building to become a team, and um, that actually makes it a little bit more interesting uh, with the different characters that are coming into the fray. Uh, so yeah, I was actually really excited to see it. The action sequences look great. Iron Man is doing pretty well shooting his little plasma cannons. Yeah, awesome. More, more importantly, there's just a lot of Hulk to go around in that trailer. He's just jumping all over the place, Hulk smashing and Hulk. Ra- and um, actually, let's just get let's get underway into. Actually, wait, Leah, that's. Uh, I'm going to yes, depart. Yes, you wanted to talk about the trailers, and you've done so. Oh, um, I have done uh, so. Any, any final words about Piranha 3D or Franken Weenie? Three double D. Three double D. Um, it's gonna be a maze balls, and. I am really excited to be back in the water. <laughs> awesome. Wait, okay, where can more people find any of your work? Oh, uh, Twitter. I am on the Twitter webs at um, Z-O-M-G underscore it's underscore Leah, L-E-A-H. Uh, Zomaga, it's Leah. That's me. Um, I'm also on Tumblr at Leah Deuce, L-E-A-H-D-U-C-E. So, yeah. Thanks for coming on and talking about trailers with us. Awesome. Anytime. Thanks, Good to see you guys. Bye. 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 All right. All right. So uh, now let's move on to our uh, first movie review for uh, The Lorax. 
ball land in my backyard again? A model airplane, this time. <laughs> Let's go take a look. Whoa, this is amazing! What are those? Those are trees. They used to grow all around here. <laughs> what I want more than anything is to see a real living tree. Light and day. So, Mom, do you happen to know if there's, like, any place where I could get a real tree? All right, so that was a little bit of the trailer for Dr. Seuss's Lorax, the new full-length animated feature film of another Dr. Seuss books, and this is the one of the Lorax. In it, we have um, a 12-year-old boy named Ted, voiced by Zac Efron, who is basically trying to win the girl of his dreams, Audrey, voiced by Taylor Swift, by um, getting her a tree. They live in the town of Thneedville. That's a fun word to say. And... Um, and that town is completely just artificial. There is nothing living in that world anymore, truly. So he needs to venture outside to find a creature or a person known as the Onceler, voiced by Ed Helms, who can alert him to where he can find a tree. Upon meeting the Onceler, uh, Ted learns the story of what happened to all the trees, which is basically an extended flashback where the Onceler basically enters an area full of life and trees and wonderfulness and has decided to eventually chop them down, much to the chagrin of the Lorax, voiced by Danny DeVito, who wishes that he wouldn't chop down these trees. So, <clears throat> vague plot descriptions, or too much plot description. So I don't know how do you really describe this plot without spoiling everything that happens, I guess, since you already know what happens technically. Anyway, <laughs> regardless, <laughs> um, Liz, what did you think of the Lorax? I got goosebumps listening to that trailer more so than I got while watching the movie. I think that it's marketed as a super fun, sweet, uh, well-intentioned film, and I enjoyed myself, but it's nothing to write home about. Okay. Abe? The Lorax, more like the Snorlax. I've been working on that joke for a really long time. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, this movie was... Hold on, I'm still audibly sighing out loud. <laughs> Okay, go this on. movie was uh, it, it's pretty boring. It's pretty forgettable as well. Um, I think that uh, something that Aaron you discussed last week, which I really didn't put into context until I saw the Lorax again, was that these Doctor Seuss films they're really long for the screen, um, and I think that that really hurts the film quality. And you know, I'm not talking about the animation. The animation is pretty good. It's pretty. It's fine. It it looks really you know real, and the technology has really kept up to date. But in terms of storyline and plot, it really hurts that because you're, you're extending things that don't need to be extended. You're creating characters that, you know, didn't really say this or that. Um, I think the other thing that is really uh, a bummer about this film is that Ed Helms has a pretty substan or substantial part in this film, but he's not on any of the marketing things. It's about Zac Efron and Taylor Swift, but they're really not in it for that much either. Zac Efron more so than Taylor Swift, but... It really is a is a weird thing because I was expecting oh this little love story between the two but it's not that at all. I was actually pretty intrigued by the Ed Helms flashback stuff more so than anything else. And I think if they have just kept it to that, um, it would have been pretty good. Oh, we're gonna be there soon. I'm sure. It's like whoa. This is the most beautiful place, okay, I have ever seen. 
the O'Hare Air guy. I don't I don't know if he's actually in the original book. Uh, I'm sure that he is or some sort of salesman. Um, but I just I, I really didn't care for any of these characters except for Ed Helms's character the most. So overall, I think it's pretty forgettable. I, I did enjoy some parts of it, but even with like the number of adults that took their kids there, a lot of us didn't really laugh at even the in jokes if there were any in jokes. So. Overall, it, it was, I'm going to quote Liz, nothing to write home about. <laughs> yeah, there aren't any in-jokes. The, um, hey, basically, I agree with everything you've just said. The uh, Especially because, what's funny is Ed Helms, who's the most interesting character because he has, like, the most to do, basically, the most depth to him. He's not really in the, I mean, there's a one story in the Lorax story, but that character is armed. And that's there's not even, like, a human mm. in, the, in the original Dr. Seuss book. And he has, like, there's, like, nothing to him besides that and... He's just like he's he represents greed in that movie. Like he's not even he's not a fleshed out character like he is in this movie. In this movie, yeah, it's very forgettable. And a couple things I find ironic about it, but I'll get to those a little later. First things first, the main thing I want to address is how much this movie is not really for all ages. It's really just for kids, which is unfortunate. It could have. I wish it had that extra layer of in jokes or cleverness that you know makes a lot of other recent animated films very watchable for kids and adults to, you know, go to and have fun with. I'm sure kids will love this movie. We'll get to the box office segment and we can prove how much kids love this movie. But, movie. but um, it, it's very colorful and, you know, brightly animated and stuff, and that's nice. Technically, it's very sound, but, yeah, it's not one that really appeals to all audiences, which was unfortunate. That's something I was at least hoping for, that, like, there'd be all these little clever jokes also to, you know, make it a good, well-rounded film so, and there's other movies I can think of, which we'll get to in our later segment as well. But yeah, it's really boring to watch because of this. It's not there's nothing going on that's really that interesting, even though you think it could be interesting since it's, you know, about it has this whole environmentalist bent and it has, you know, it has a pretty solid voice cast, kind of. One of the things I didn't know going into this is it's very much a musical. I didn't see that coming. It's a musical. But the songs aren't even that clever. Like I couldn't, I can't remember any of the songs that I heard. They're not memorable. Yeah, I can't yeah. remember any of the songs that I heard in this movie. The uh, and they got to the point of almost sounding obnoxious every time they started singing. Like there's ways to make that kind of musical and this kind of movie fun and like effective and even clever to an extent. Where once again, adults could appreciate like what the lyrics are, but it's just kind of very cheery and not really anything special about anything and that's basically this movie as a whole there's not anything special about it which is unfortunate i was looking forward to this movie liz you said that the trailer made you feel you know more excited than watching the movie actually did i agree with that i was excited because of the trailer it it got me on board with the lorax even though i had you know problems with the past dr seuss movies every time it's the fourth one now and like horton hears a who was i as ava and i said last week but it doesn't feel like thanks but um (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it, it it makes me less and less, you know, excited about every time there's going to be a Dr. Seuss movie. I'm just like, I don't really care about this. I'd rather just see a 30-minute animated special from, like, the 70s or whatever. Well, I, I have to disagree <clears throat> a tiny bit with you guys because I think I like this film a little bit more than you did. Though, um, on our show, we have three ratings, see it, stream it, or skip it, and I gave it a stream it. So I was very much in the, the middle run of reviewing this film. Uh, I do feel like it's very hard to adapt Seuss to extrapolate this like succinct rhymy storytelling into a full-length story and I think that's what we're getting our finger on the nail that's an expression right (laughs) um (laughs) we're we're putting our finger on uh, you know what I'm saying yeah (laughs) it's hard to adapt Seuss there we go um 
because he has such a cute, succinct way of storytelling. But I do think they had some adult jokes in there. I mean, there was a poster that said too big to fail in reference to O'Hare Air. There was some really, really dark kind of sardonic song lyrics that I don't think the children were getting at all. Whereas I don't think it's a successful film as obviously some of the Pixar family films that are doled out. There was an effort there to have a good message and to attempt to appeal to all audiences, whether it succeeded, I think that you guys did not feel it did, but um, I could see an effort as me trying to paint the picture a little brighter. Yeah, I, I definitely think there was a sustained effort throughout the film, uh, but I think that uh, one of the points that you had just recently just said about you know getting goosebumps during the, the trailer, just listening to it here, was that I was hoping for that, that emotional attachment kind of thing uh, toward uh, the end of the film and there kind of was but it was just very short and it really didn't really hit me as oh well you know what we've really got to do something unless, or else unless you know the world's gonna like just really be this really terrible place to live um, and I really didn't feel that connection at all it really is a big bummer that that didn't happen and I didn't know that that the once there was just all about greed but um, you can get definitely see that but at the same time I think the it's fine that it didn't have so many adult in-jokes or what have you. It's because the kids really ate this up, um, and if that's the target audience that they're going for. And so, therefore, parents are going to have to sit through this with their kids, um, which is fine. But at the same time, if, they're, if their target audience is, you know, four to, like, seven-year-olds, they hit the spot because it's flashy, it's colorful, it's got songs, it's got cute little bears eating marshmallows. Um, it's great. You know, but I think just as an adult, um, being a, um, a chaperone or what have you, you're probably not going to be as interested as maybe some of like the uh, the Shrek films or what have you, where it's like, oh yeah, these are for kids too. But this is actually pretty funny for me. You know what I mean? It's I mean it's fine. Yeah, if, if it's for kids, yeah, it's fine. But that it doesn't have to be. And there's so many examples of great animated movies that have come out very recently, let alone in the past you know decade, twenty years, that have done a good job of being for both kids and adults like it doesn't need to there's a, there's ways to make this movie work for both audiences it shouldn't have it shouldn't get a a pass in that regard just because it's oh it's for kids so you don't really need to care that much like it it could easily be that both things like i have a perfect example of that which i'll get to when we get to our to that segment but like <laughs> there, yeah Abe, i agree with you about there's no real emotion i didn't have that that emotional connection that you'd want and i think one of those one of the problems i had is the lorax in this movie I like Danny DeVito, and he was fine as the Lorax, but what does this character do, given that he's the title character? Not much. Right. He just kind of appears and, like, verbally expresses his warning against the Onceler that it's not a good idea to chop down these trees, but that's it. Like, he's a huge pacifist here, which is fine, but he doesn't do anything to, like, help the situation out at all. Like, he just kind of gives cryptic messages and, like, <laughs> hopes for the best, I guess, in the long run of things. <laughs> Question. What are they doing here? And uh, follow up, if I may. What are you doing here? Well, after the incident last night, we found one of your socks and came here to return it. But when we got what? here, you were asleep. Ew. Exactly. And sleeping is the body's way of telling other people to go away. I know, but you looked so cozy. And it was cold outside, and we just fell asleep. No harm done. No harm done? No harm done! <sighs> okay. <gasps> okay, I put my lips on the... Well, I used to, anyway. 
Ew. Did you just... In my bowl? Why do you have one of these? You don't even have a mustache. <laughs> okay, that's it. What? I thought we made a deal last night. Yes, we did. And I said I wouldn't chop down any more trees. And I said I was going to keep an eye on you. I'm starving. What's for breakfast? <laughs> breakfast is overrated. I think that I think that that's the whole entire. If you want to get into it, even like on a deeper level, it's like kind of like okay, well, I'm gonna give you the authority to choose over yourself now, and it's kind of just like he's taking a back seat. He's already warned you, I, kind I, of thing. But anyway, that that's really getting pretty involved. I get that. I, I get that. But it's like the movie's called yeah. the Lorax. Like this is supposed to this. If anything, should be like a tragic figure that we should be watching. <laughs> like there's a scene. It should be called there's the Wunzler. There's a there's a scene <laughs> early on, like when you right when the Lorax is introduced, which is actually kind of touching, where like a tree does get chopped down, and the Wunzler comes in. And he like he like all the animals gather around. And he's like gathering rocks, and they're like making like this like sad grave around this tree that's happening. He's like, this is actually kind of like sad to watch, but nothing really yeah. happens to make the Lorax like the. There's nothing more affecting about what goes on with the Lorax's character. But if the movie hadn't been called the Lorax, it wouldn't have been a problem. It really has to do with I think the criminal here, and I I Aaron, I think you alluded to it a little bit earlier, and it's that. The politics of filmmaking are a problem here. We have it advertised as the Lorax when it's not about the Lorax, and it's a corporate film that's attacking corporations. So there's an irony yeah. here. <laughs> yes. like, okay. Irony, that, that's a revolving theme. Thanks for bringing that up, Liz. I didn't think about that. <laughs> yeah, for a, for a movie that's all about, you know, pr pr environmentalism, preserve, preserving things, and it, it, like this movie's all about consumerism. <laughs> like it's all, it's all about mass marketing, everything. Especially, yeah, it's funny that it's, it's focused on the Lorax and really advertising that aspect of it. Cause I guess the kids really love Danny DeVito, even though it's like, <laughs> it's really, you know what? Another thing, this movie's a musical and you have Taylor Swift and Zac Efron. They're not singing in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought about that too. I spent like, aren't there, these guys, these are capable singers, especially Taylor Swift. Like what's going on there? Why, why isn't there, why aren't there songs with them? Were they not, was that, is that a separate paycheck? I guess. Is that, yeah, it was probably part of the contract negotiations. They're like, no, we're not going to sing. <laughs> High School Musical 4 is done, man. <laughs> and he was playing a character that was 10 years younger than him. That was a little interesting to, like, choose Zac Efron, not use his singing voice, and then have him raise his voice an octave to play a character that's much younger than himself. So, I don't know. I was confused by that. What I did enjoy was the manufactured pop song at the end of the movie called Let It Grow. <laughs> <laughs> with Mr. O'Hara trying to say start his own little tune but nobody joins in that was pretty funny it was great <laughs> well, I, but I like the, the hip hop remix as the credits Shit. rolled oh yeah yeah <laughs> I thought um, I thought Ed Helms was was good in this movie actually with in, as far as voice acting goes like because he, he's playing basically he's playing multiple versions of the same character and i appreciated that i thought and you know anyone that you know is familiar with ed helms know that he's he's you know a, a talented vocalist to say the least like he knows how to he can sing which doesn't make too much of a difference but you know he's good at he, he has fun doing accents and things and it's it was you know what that reminded me of? That reminded me of uh, what you said about Tintin with Daniel Craig, because when he was doing the Lorax the first time that you meet him in the dark, the you know, deforested woods, it's it's really not his voice. He's, like, really trying to change it. Like, he's been through, like, a lot of stages in his life, and he's really remorseful. And so at first I was like, is that really Ed Helms? 
and then in the flashback it just becomes his regular voice. But I thought, wow, you know, that's, I'm glad to see that kind of voice acting where you're you're not just being your own voice. You know, you're, you're actually trying to put a, a different like, sound or a different personality to your voice. So kudos yeah. to Ed Helms. I agree. Yeah, that's something I um, that's something I liked about uh, Despicable Me, which is not a movie I liked that much actually, but I did like the voice talent in that film mainly because you have uh, you had um, uh. Sorry, you had Steve Carell, you had Russell Brand, you had Jason Segel, all doing voices in that movie that were, you know, not their own voices, but they're actually trying to do something much different. And this movie's kind of like mixed on that. Like, uh, yeah, Ed Helms is having good, having a good time here. It seems Danny DeVito also, like he said, I mean, Danny DeVito's not one known to do voices. Like he just sounds like Danny DeVito, which is fine. And he's, you know, in the time that he has in this movie, which is not that much. I, I liked, I liked his presence on here. Taylor Swift and Zac Efron feel more like they were cast because they're Taylor Swift and Zac Efron opposed to they have voices yeah. to contribute to this film. What's a bummer about that is also if you go into like, you know, cinemas early, they show you like those first take stuff and they have Zac Efron and Taylor Swift talking for you to like throughout their whole entire segment. And so you're thinking, oh, this is a movie about Taylor Swift and Zac Efron. But it's not. It's actually about Ed Helms. <laughs> And I've just found that to be a big bummer. So, but anyway, I, I was also kind of distracted by uh, what's his name, Rob Riggle, did the voice of Mr. O'Hare, yeah. and it didn't yeah. seem like that voice fit that character very well, to be honest. Like, which is weird, just because I like Ron, Rob Riggle in general, like, on screen, I guess. I don't know if he has like a voice for. He's not, he's not one I'd seek for an animated voice, but I like his kind of presence. Would you have chosen uh, the father from Kindergarten and Cop, the one that's trying to get the son back? He's in this movie, is he? Is he? <laughs> Because that's who that's who Mr. O'Hara reminded me of, <laughs> you know, like that that stupid slick hair, the suits, and then just beating people up because he wants to go, he wants that toy. It's anyway, weird. It's, it's weird that you mentioned it because he's in this movie. Hold <laughs> on. No way. I don't know what his name is. But Hold on. I'm, is he really? Yeah. Let me find it. Actually, I was thinking a lot about Kindergarten Cop because I saw Twenty One Jump Street, <laughs> and I was really hoping it would be like Kindergarten Cop, and it was. It was great. <laughs> Well, he's not really, why did I think of it? No, yeah. like something yeah. mentioned, like in conjunction with the Lorax, that was mentioned to me the other day. I was like, what? Wait a minute. Anyway, well, that's that's gone. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Let's see. Um, anything else about the Lorax we can think of before we move on? Well, I I do think we should talk a little bit about if if you guys want to um, just the plot in the, in terms of the story holes, the fact that these things. Like, the grandmother isn't really developed, and then we don't really have a governing force in the city. There's, yeah, like, there's a lot of missing internal logic to yeah. what's going on here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, he just leaves the city, and apparently it's a bad thing to leave the city because there's a huge revolve. You know, there's a, a staircase that appears out of nowhere and a large red button, and there's all these <laughs> signifiers that it's a bad thing to leave the city, yet he comes and goes as he pleases, this Ted character. And I think that's a little off as well, but... I think the other thing that was lost about that is uh, once Mr. O'Hare finds out that Ted has been leaving the city, he, he you know, pack or seals everything shut. Yet Ted still finds a way to, to get out of the city and <laughs> yes. nobody is stopping him. You know, like even all the video cameras that are supposedly supposed to be everywhere are not, uh, not anywhere to be found. And so it's kind of just, I don't know what, what that was all about. The choice logic and the, the shallow development of characters, I totally yeah, agree this with is the brightest, this. the brightest and most colorful version of 1984 that I've ever seen. But um, the, <laughs> the, the, um, 
there yeah there's there's nothing to uh, the Mr. O'Hare character also he's just one dimensionally evil like there's no reason like we know nothing about him you know we don't know why he we don't know why there's a Fneedville for one thing besides like all the trees are gone so I guess we have Fneedville now and there's a city and this mayor came into power somehow and he's really greedy that's all there is to him uh, okay. the, I mean there's not yeah there's nothing to this world that we're living in there's also nothing much to the Lorax's world either in terms of what's going on there is it something magical is it is it just nature in general I guess it is but yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of things that just aren't developed at all yeah that's I mean there's nothing there's nothing there's nothing to expand upon of all this it's not it's not deep yeah. in any way really it's just again it just feels very empty it feels just like an empty kids movie that was you know used at property in this case a dr seuss property to you know create a live action film and i mean it could have been done it could have been done better like especially since it has to be like yeah. a, a stretched out version of a, of a 30 page or so book that you can you know read in 30 minutes like it's less there's nothing <laughs> you, th you think that I would I would wish that there was you know m something cleverer to expand upon and like if you're adding all these characters why not add characters that you know re register in some way like an emotional level or on a clever level or on yeah. a deeper level and that that just didn't do it at all. Agreed. <laughs> all right. Um, I guess we can move on then. Okay. So each week, uh, oh, let's get to our rating. Uh, each week on out now we try to kind of rate our movies based on a kind of when you should go and see it as opposed to like a number or a thumb or something so we have a scale that goes from IMAX to theater dollar theater Netflix HBO TV or just kind of forget about it so uh, Liz where would you put it on that scale uh, I would put it in probably HBO TV but a high end of that so in between Netflix and HBO right. TV Abe? yeah I'm there too it's, it's basically HBO um, premium cable you can just watch it whenever it comes on and be like yeah kids you want to sit down and Watch this while I go and clean up the masses that you while guys While I go made. and read a Dr. Seuss book that I enjoy instead. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm exactly right there with you guys. It's just, yeah, not much. I, I definitely don't need to go see this in IMAX 3D, so. <laughs> oh. It's wah, on the wah. poster. I didn't make that up. <laughs> it says IMAX right, right. 3D. Want one removed. All right. Um. Okay, so before we move on, let's or well, actually, we're going to kind of move on to our our segment that, well, last week, Abe, I retitled it, What's It Seem Like? Mm -hmm. Actually, I believe it's What's It Seem Like is what I was calling it, formerly Retro Review. <laughs> but I like something more now. I, I'm going to call, I have, I'm gonna have a new name for the segment, Abe. Here it comes. It's right. Instead or Because Of. Hmm. Instead or Because Of, You Should Watch This. That's what I'm going with. And I, I've even developed a theme song for it. I'm waiting. Okay. It's... <laughs> Instead or because of, instead or because of, instead or because of, you should watch this, formally. Whoa! Aaron, Golden Globe for Best Musical or Comedy, right now, here. <laughs> I, Reach through I could, your screen. I could, yeah, I got it. Thanks for the Golden Globe, that's the most useful one. I don't have that category in the Academy yet, Awards. Yet. I, can, I can animate that song way more, hold on, here, here we go. Instead or because of, instead or because of, instead or because of, you should watch this, formally known as Retro Reviews. Okay, so... <laughs> all right so like that um with this segment which was formerly known as retro reviews and what's it seemed like we are going to name some movies that maybe we could you could watch instead of this or because of this so abe were there any movies you thought you could watch instead of the lorax or because of the lorax 
Yes. Um, in, in regards to the Lorex, I would really say that it's kind of like a, a really scaled back and scaled down version of yes. Wally, uh, as well as uh, in terms of the book length that you could extend out, Cloud of the yes, yes, Meatballs. That was a great <laughs> movie that I, I really liked a lot. And that book is only like, you know, X amount of pages. It's not even about the same characters, actually. Um, so it, it's kind of just goes to show you that you can do these things and you can do them well. Um, it just depends on, I guess, how much creativity and effort you put in. Liz, I'll let you go in a second. I just need to virtually chest bump Abe right now because those are the exact movies that I chose for this. Yeah, boom, boom. Cloudy of a Chance of Meatballs is the exact movie I was thinking of, mainly because it deals with similar themes, actually, <laughs> and it's also incredibly hilarious for oh. everybody. Like it, it's, it's it's so much more clever, and I'm so I was so like Cloudy of a Chance of Meatballs is a, a fantastic film, a fantastic 3D movie. Also, it's like a bit. It's also very. It's a it's a very satirical disaster movie. Also, in a lot of ways. It's just, everything about that movie is fantastic to enjoy, and the same with Wall-E too, which you know hits the same very very similar themes, in a lot better, yeah. a lot you know more creative ways, and has so much more to offer than the Lorax did. And both of those movies, yeah, I, yeah, those are just great films. Liz, any movies you would watch? Yeah, uh, I would say either Big Miracle, which I'm a huge fan of, or or Wasteland. Um, it's a documentary, but so maybe maybe the little the little ones wouldn't love it. But it also has that like environmental message, and it's a really beautiful film. Awesome, Wasteland. Yeah, good yeah. choice. Thanks. <laughs> Abe, Abe sometimes has our left field choices out there, but that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's um, let's see. We'll uh, we'll do box office a little bit later. First, let's get to our second movie review, and this one is going to be of the Secret World of Arietti. Arietti, make sure you hold on tight. Papa, did you see that? That's my girl. My mother, father, and I are all borrowers. <sighs> Promise you won't let our daughter get eaten or squashed like a bug. <laughs> we borrowed things like soap and cookies and sugar. Things that humans don't miss if they're gone. <gasps> We've been seen and borrowers aren't supposed to be seen. No, wait. Don't go. The boy knows that we're here. What? Are we safe? I really don't think he intends to hurt us. Once a borrower has been seen, the human's curiosity can't be stopped. My mother used to tell me stories about the little people who lived under the floors. Is that you? Maybe we could be friends? Strange things have been happening here, and I know why. <laughs> All right, so that was a little bit of the trailer for The Secret World of Arietti, a new film from Studio Ghibli that Disney has released the in the U.S. theatrically. And it is basically an, it's an adaptation of the story The Borrowers, which is about four-inch-tall people living secretly under the floorboards of various human residences. And um, they are known as borrowers who basically borrow items from the humans in order to, you know, make life for themselves. This particular story involves a family. The youngest daughter, Arietti, has kind of come of age to start participating in the borrowing acts and doing so with her father. 
she is actually discovered by a boy, the um, I guess the boy of the house known as, well, there's Show and there's Sean, I guess, in the American version. And um, the two kind of form a friendship, but um, other things tend to go down because it's not a great thing when humans discover borrower, the existence of borrowers. So, with all that said, I'll start with Abe this time. Abe, what did you think of The Secret World of Ari Eddy? Uh, the Secret World of Ari Eddy was very good. I don't know about great, but uh, in, in terms of Studio Ghibli um, standards. But it was very good. I, I really liked it a lot. I liked the animation. Um, there's a lot of attention to details you can really see. And I don't know if they're using any assistance in terms of uh, when they're animating. But um, the storyline is really good, too. I really liked these characters. And they don't focus on too many, so it's really easy to develop them a lot. And Arietta, you can see the range of emotions that she goes through upon her first borrowing and what have you. And then for Sean, you kind of see his development as the film progresses throughout the entire film, I guess I should say. And it really becomes a, um, a kind of a sad story. Um, I, I think Aaron and I differed a little bit until we had this weird timeout conversation. But um, yeah, I saw the... Uh, I saw the trailer, or I saw the American version, and it, it's a little bit different from the Japanese version, I would say. But overall, it, it's really good. I liked the uh, the storyline in it, and I really liked the animation in it. But I also liked, I guess, the strength of the characters the most. Liz, uh, yeah, it's the more I think about it, the more I like it. It's a film that stays with you, unlike the Lorax. Uh, it's gorgeous animation, and I thought. What really stood out was the sound design and the music. It was really effective and ethereal, and it was a beautiful, simple story. Borrowers aren't supposed to be seen. What are borrowers? My mother, father, and I are all borrowers. We borrow things that beans won't miss if they're gone. Just little things, soap and cookies and sugar, all things that we need to survive. Even my great-grandfather was a borrower. I think my grandfather saw one of you once. Hmm. It's possible. Yeah, uh, Liz, I agree completely with you. Actually, the um, the animation, the animation is something I really liked in this movie. There's a lot of attention to detail that I really dug about this film, which is true of a lot of Studio Ghibli films, where um, things that when you're having like the perspective of like four inch tall people, borrowers, like interacting in like a human world, seeing little things like the uh, the father character using like pieces of adhesive to like climb up the walls of stuff. Yeah. Like little, uh, like a toothpick to be used as a sword. Like just, it's these, it's these little things that like I really admired. Like it just really stuck out to me. It's like, oh, that's pretty clever. Or like when they're like drinking tea and like when they fill a teacup, it's just basically like a little <laughs> drop in each cup, and that's yeah. like everything they need. It's all these little tiny things that are animated well. Like they keep it up too. Like throughout, like it, it just, it really works well as a solid hand try. Especially you know seeing all these CG animated movies, which is fine. Like I like, I like all animated movies in general. But like it's not, it's somewhat refreshing every now and then to see a hand drawn animated film, and I really like this. And yeah. I agree about the score too. I really, I was really into the score of this film. I really liked what was being brought to it the, th the theme songs are a little much at times that's a similar problem i had with ponyo also at the end of ponyo the american theme version of ponyo but uh the <laughs> and the songs are in the japanese version i'd imagine well. <laughs> yeah. yeah but at least beyond that the uh, the actual score of the film i really i really enjoyed um, Abe, have you you've just have you just seen the japanese version of this film no you've, I've you've seen, seen both, both versions and the thing is like I saw them both on the same day, and this is what I'll say about it. I, I was actually dozing off during the Lorax, hence the Snorlax joke, which didn't work. Um, and uh, for Arietti, even though I had already seen it, 
I was really entranced and enthralled by it still. So it, it kind of just shows you that if you make a story good enough, people will pay attention to it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, what I also another thing I really liked about this movie is that, you know, I I'm an annoying woman feminist, and I like to see female characters who are interesting. And here we have an animated female character who is complex, who tries to do the right thing, who's, you know, a moral character. It just Papa, Papa, I made it all the way to the bay tree today, mm-hmm. and I used the leaves over my head just like you said. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even get seen by the cat. So what I'm trying to say, if there was any doubt... There's a new bean in the house. What? I know. I saw him. Arietti, I told you to be... Yes, Mama, I was careful and you didn't see me. (sighs) And he's much smaller than other beans. Papa, you just have to let me come borrowing tonight. We know nothing about this new bean. But you promised this would be my night. And I've seen him. Papa, please, I am telling you, he's just a child. And the children are more vicious than the grown-ups. I'll be fine. Well, the young beans do go to bed early. Oh, thank you, Papa. I I think that's a detail you don't often get to see. So that was a yeah. It is. It's a nice. It's a very. It's a strong central female lead. That's that is that is nice to see. And Abe, yeah, it's certainly not a boring movie at all. That's a, like it's. I would say the pacing is 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 slack a little bit. It's a very simple story. I could probably understand if like kids weren't like fully into this movie the entire way through there and it's not you know there's not kind of this the simplicity of the story despite the fact that it's well handled like it um it does a good job of kind of introducing a core concept um making it engaging to watch and adding some characters in there and it's not you know there's not a ton of depth to everything that goes on but it, it you know it pays things off well and even yeah as it gets to the ending which it's kind of bittersweet as well like there's a lot of good yeah. things but some like kind of like oh that's a little sad about it it just yeah. it works it has it had some emo- it had more emotional resonance with me than than certainly the lorax did but it's a uh, yeah it's just a, it's just a fine film to watch and I'm, ha- I'm happy that it's gotten kind of a, a fairly wide release too like it could have easily just been very limited or just you know going straight to to a dvd when it you know came over yeah. here opposed to having a full release but disney's you know Disney and Studio Ghibli have gotten along quite well. They're so pretty well with each other, yeah, in their partnership. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of the English dub for the film? Uh, I thought that it was, uh, it, I thought that it was okay. You had mentioned an uh, off-screen about Job uh, or uh, as Will well, uh, like yeah. kind of like a really downtrodden Job. And yeah, I saw that. But at the same time, like it's it really like this is a, a really good job by Will Arnett being so somber and serious. Um, you know, he, he's usually very flamboyant and really active with his voice and stuff like that. But this is actually really toned down. I, I really, it was really nice to see that. Um, Amy Poehler, she is always Amy Poehler. I really like her on, on Parks and Rec. Um, and this reminded me a lot of like, if Amy Poehler had children on Parks and Rec, how she would talk and stuff like that. So it, it was just Really nice to see both of them at work. Yeah, I didn't actually realize it was Amy Poehler until the credits. I mean, I had my suspicions, but uh, she didn't ham it up, and I was really happy to see that. Yeah, I, I agree. And yeah, Will Lord, that kind of playing stoic and badass <laughs> as in an anime film is kind of like something amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I should have told you. You might have seen me out in the garden today. We all make mistakes, so... We'll just have to be extra careful now. Best not to tell your mother about this. You know how she worries. 
Right. <laughs> I am very proud of you. A lesser borrower would have panicked and run away. Hmm. I uh, like the um the girl who voiced Arietti too. What's her name? Uh, Bridget. Bridget Mendler. Bridget Mendler. She had kind of a there's an earnest quality to how she approaches this character that I kind of appreciate. You know what's also like, weird about this movie compared to the Lorex? Bridget Mendler yeah. has a song in this movie, but Taylor Swift and Zach Efron don't have a song <laughs> in the Lorax. Very valid. And I was like, what? I didn't remember that. And I was like, oh, wow. It's, it's a song by Bridget Mendler. Oh, Secret World of Variety is pretty uncomplicated. We just really like this movie. Yeah. It's, it's fun. Good for all ages, I would say. Right? No bones of that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's move on then. Let's get to our let's get to our rating for the Secret World of Variety. Just, um, same scale, same things apply. Uh Liz, where would you kind of read? Uh, I assume there's no IMAX. I'm not a I'm not a proponent of the IMAX, so I'm just gonna say see it in the theaters. Is that appropriate? Yeah, yeah that's fine. Yeah. See it in the theaters. <laughs> I'm hey. gonna echo Liz's sentiments. See it in the theaters. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, definitely. It's a theater worthy film. Um, I don't know about the children factor, they might be kind of bored and might not understand fully, but it's good. Yeah, I'm on the, I'm the same way. See it in the theater, go for it. Especially, you know, while it's out. And, you know, pick it up when it's out mm -hmm. on video or whatever. Because it's, it's just solid. It's a good watch. Good message. Yay. All right. So let's move on then to our box office results finally, Abe. I know you've been looking forward to this I can't remember what since. I uh, predicted last week. Yeah? What did you predict <laughs> I can't remember. Week? You yeah. can't remember? You should? I, uh, I think when you put me on the spot, I'll remember. Okay. Well... You went for first. Yeah, <laughs> you went for first place of thirty okay. million for the Lorax. Uh, Mark Hoban went for thirty-one million to try and one-up you. Mark Johnson went pure prices, right rules of a dollar. I went first of thirty-seven million. I was off by half. Oh, wow. The um, Lorax came in at seventy-one what? million dollars this weekend. I feel like a Whoa. fool. Yeah, the the that's 70? huge in 70. February. I guess March. In March. Yeah. But yeah, it's huge, huge opening for the Lorax. So yeah, that happened. Oh. And then uh, Project X came in in second with $20 million. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, that was my <laughs> editorializing. <laughs> Let's see. Active Valor came in third place. Uh, Safe House. And uh, Safe House is, Safe House has legs, apparently. It's still making money. Stenzel. Uh, <laughs> Um, let's see, Jordan Grout's favorite movie, Tyler Perry's Good Deeds, came in at fifth place. And Journey 2 is also holding on very strong as well, still in sixth place. And it keeps going, and then there's eventually Ghost Rider again. And actually, the artist, unsurprisingly, got a big bump up from in the, the tenth uh, place this weekend. Yeah, from the Academy Awards. That, that whole, you know, Oscar win for Best Picture, that, that didn't hurt, mm -hmm. I guess. Hugo also got a little bit of a bump as well, so that's mm -hmm. nice. And uh, yeah, so that's yeah, Lorax, seventy-one million dollars. Incredible! I just saw their production budget. It's seventy million dollars. They just basically made back production, and then with the, the continuation, they're gonna make back way more. Yeah, yeah, and you know, worldwide. Yeah, that'll it's gonna be. Expect, <laughs> expect Fox and Socks in two thousand one. No. <laughs> okay, so let's uh. Well, actually, no, we didn't do our. Um... Wait, do the song again. Do the song again. <laughs> I just realized this. I gotta sing the song again. Instead or because of, instead or because of, instead or because of, you should watch this, formerly known as Retro Review, uh, for The Secret World of Arietti. 
<laughs> any movies you would watch instead of because of the secret world of Ariel? Um, I thought of uh, the 1993 version of the Secret Garden. Um, it's about. It's also that deals with like a sickly boy, I guess, and that's what kind of made me think about it and how he never wants to go out because he's always afraid that he's gonna die or whatever or overexert himself. And so that reminded me a lot of uh, the Secret World of Variety. I thought of another one, but it it, it kind of slipped my mind, so I, I can't. I'll put it in like show notes or something like that if I remember it. Liz. Well, because I haven't seen many other Studio Ghibli films, I'm gonna second that, Abe. I I think Secret Garden is a fantastic film, and it is really similar to the story of the borrowers that they interpreted mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I would uh, I would agree with that. Actually, that was a good choice. I was, did not think of that at all. That's neat though. But um, other yeah, other Studio Ghibli films. Um, I would, in terms of like this compared to like the Hayao Miyazaki films, which are you know people of those movies, like Secret World of Arietti, it's like not like up to par with those movies because they have a there's a certain there's some there's something more to those movies. I think, a lot I say, more, but, I would say. Yeah, yeah, but Secret for Secret World of Arietti is certainly charming. It's very charming. It goes a long way. And it's certainly one to watch. Like it, I guess it should be noted that Secret World of, Secret World of Arietti is not directed by. Hayao Miyazaki, only uh, he has like, an like, executive yeah, producer executive credit. And uh, Eddie A.K.E., he, he developed the story. Also, he, co- he co-wrote the script for the film, I guess. But uh, in terms of other movies, um, actually, I thought of The Iron Giant in terms of mm-hmm. kind of a boy with a secret kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because Iron Giant's a great movie, and I like that movie a lot. And, uh, yeah, you know, other, yeah, other Studio Ghibli films again, you know. Spirited Away is a solid movie for just, I really, that's, that's probably my favorite one, I think, out of all of them. You like that better than Kiki's Delivery Service? What? You know what? I like Kiki's I Delivery like Service. I like all of them, actually. Yeah, they're good yeah. movies. Like they're just, and they're all wholesome. They're all charming. Yeah, that's nice. That's fun. a good way to describe it. Charm. Well, yeah, I mean, maybe not Princess Mononoke. Not, not a lot of charm going on in that movie. <laughs> but... <laughs> that one, that one's a terrific message. I think we got some time. We got some time for games. Ah, what are games? <laughs> oh yeah, we uh, we have games. Okay. <laughs> and um, we have one game in particular that we play that Abe's very good at. It's called Alternative Movie Titles. Oh. And um, this is a game where I basically have come up with alternate movie titles for movies. For example, Abe, if I were to say Arachnid Boy, he would say... Spider-Man. Exactly. So it's going to be like that. But Abe's very good at this game, Liz. So you got to be you got to be on the ball right here. I am kind of sleepy. Is... So. Abe is kind of oh, sleepy. So that might help. So I, I have lost start my off... crown to... Uh... To George, to, to, to Gerard, to Gerard, Gerard yeah. beat you the last time we played this game. So, let's try it. Here we go. Here's the first one: Manhattan Tale. Uh, New York Stories. Not quite. Uh, New York Story. <laughs> that was New York Stories. It's not that. Title. No. Uh, Manhattan Story. Manhattan Tale. Oh, Manhattan Tale. A Bronx Tale. Um. Uh, There's a lot that apply to this, apparently. <laughs> Think older. Story is a good place to stay. Was that a clue? Did you just give a clue? Maybe. <laughs> I'm sure there are listeners that are dying. Yeah. Right? This is killing Manhattan story? Manhattan Tale. Oh, Manhattan Tale. Wow. Dude, is it uh, is it the Five Hole movie? But No. Right. <laughs> <laughs> An American yeah. I'm going to have oh, to give it up. Play it cool. What does play it cool mean? I bet you I'm going to punch myself in the face when I hear this answer. West Side Story? Yes. No. West Side Story. <laughs> Good one, Liz. Okay. Here we go. I'll do... Well, we'll just do best of yeah. three. Okay. Anne's Walkway. 
Anne's walkway. These are wonderfully obscure. Yeah. <laughs> this is the hardest version yet. A recent Oscar winner is a clue. Not necessarily a movie that won an Oscar, but a person involved with that movie who won an Oscar. Right, right. I keep thinking Mean Streets, and I know that doesn't help at all. You're in the right decade, I think. Yeah, you are. Okay. Would you say you're a sleepy Abe or a sleeper? Oh, oh, um, it, it, well, okay, I know what that clue means. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Annie Hall. There, Annie Hall. <laughs> Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. One more because the, that was both of that. I was a little sad. Okay. <laughs> She's, already won. She's already gotten two out of three. I know, but we're, this is a for funsies. Right. Funsies, I like my for funsies. One. Okay. Galaxy Dirt. I thought that would be easier. Galaxy yeah, Dirt. Yeah, no, I'm actually like thinking. Uh. Spaceballs. <laughs> Doesn't work. <laughs> Galaxy Dirt. <laughs> okay. Still yeah, I know. <laughs> This is, yeah. it's, totally the it's the questions. It's not us. We're very smart. Yeah, we and the questions are just smarter. <laughs> Stardust. Is this a, is this a trick? Ooh, Stardust. Oh, there we go. Boom. Got it. That's a good movie. I like that one. <laughs> All right. Mark Strong. Who is in the UK version of The Secret World of Arietti. Oh. oh. As the father? As Arietti. Oh, wow. I can see That's that. That's not true. <laughs> all right that wow that was oh oof. that my i gotta get some nutrition now toughest one yet apparently okay <laughs> congratulations so, liz first time thank first you time, first yes. time, first time, winner. Yeah. yay all right so okay let's move on to what we're going to talk about next week next week we're going to talk about john carter finally the new the the new sci-fi adventure based off one of the oldest sci-fi adventures of all adventures of all time starring tim riggins and mark strong again <laughs> and uh, green goblin and um wolverine's girlfriend from that movie so okay all of those people are in this john carter um and yeah well, uh, each week we try to predict the box office for what we think it's going to do so we're going to do that right now and you know see what do we think john carter is going to make next weekend i guess the closest comparison would probably be Tron Legacy in terms of kind of Disney trying to usher in a new franchise, even though Tron Legacy is a sequel, but it's not like, you know, it's not like there are tons of people clamoring for a Tron sequel besides, the, you know, the niche audience I was. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Tron Legacy opened to $44 million when it came out, I guess, a year or so ago. Yeah, a year ago this time. A year ago in December. Uh, yeah, so it opened to 45. Yeah, you know, it made a good legs overall. Um, Abe, what are you thinking? Uh, what are you thinking? Niffin, Niffin, John Carter, if, big movie, Tim, Tim Riggins. I know, Timmy. Tim, Tim Riggins, Abe. They have been doing a pretty hard push, like, forever, actually. So it's, sure, it seems yeah. like uh, seems like people will, people go out to see it. I think that you said that there's some good buzz early on. So I'm going to say, I'll say first with, oof. I'll go with a, a 40, even 40, 40 million. 40 million. That's a, that's, a, that's a good guess. I'm curious as well to see what it does. I don't know. I don't have an answer yet, so I'm just going to go to Liz. Liz, what do you have any idea? What do you think? I'm going to one-up. I'm going to one-up Abe, and I'm going to say 50. Oh, I like your guess, though. I like people that one-up Abe in general, so that's... <laughs> okay, I'm going to... Well, hmm. John Carter, Tim Riggins, big movie. Lorax just came out. A lot of money spent. 
but I'm still gonna go strong. I'm gonna I'm gonna one up a little bit more. I'm gonna go 55. Mm. Whoa. So we will see. Slow down there, cowboy. Uh, we'll see how that goes. That's gonna be something. We'll find out next week with John Carter. And uh, yeah, that's. Well, I guess that's it. That's gonna that's gonna do it this week for Out Now, Fair and Abe. Um, you can find more of my work in my personal blog, thecodezeke.com, where you can find all my written movie reviews, as well as at whysoblue.com for blue Blu-ray reviews. You can also find me at Twitter at twitter.com slash Aaron's PS3. Abe? You can find more of my work here at walrusmoose.blogspot.com, two animals, walrusmoose.blogspot.com, and twitter.com slash walrusmoose. And Liz? You can go to justseenit.com or um, search for Just Seen It Reviews on YouTube. Awesome. Actually, Liz, uh, since you're first time on, would you like to explain what Just Seen It is? For, um... Oh, I would love to. Okay, so we are a web series created out of USC Film School, and we were also, our showrunner is one of the founders of Movie Phone. So we're production, screenwriting, and critical studies students coming together to review films on a webisode. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds great. Very cool. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and uh, yeah, you can find all the other episodes of Out Now with Aaron and Abe at iTunes on hhwlod.com. We can find our show there as well as the other shows that are on there. They all talk about comics and games and movies and stuff. A lot of fun guys over there. You can also find us at outnow.podomatic.com. We can find most of the newest episodes and some exclusives. And you can email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com and make sure to criticize Abe for not doing nearly as well as he's normally done in the alternative movie title I don't know what's game. going on. That's... I'm just not eating my Wheaties yeah. or something. Yeah, something. Yeah. <laughs> and you can, of course, like our Facebook page at facebook.com slash outnowpodcast. It's where we post everything. We post our new shows and how you like having fun on there on the Facebook page. So that's going to do it. So until next time, so long. And goodbye. You can say bye too, Liz. It's fine. Oh, bye. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> If you want me to, I can hang around with you. If I only knew, that's what you're into. You and him, him and you, if that's what you're into. Him hanging round, around you, you're hanging round, yeah, you're there too. And if you want me to, I will take off all my clothes for you. I'll take off all my clothes for you, if that's what you're into. How about him in the nude, if that's what you're into, in the nude in front of you. Is that what you'd want of you? If it's cool with you, I'll let you get naked too. It could be a dream come true, providing that's what you are into. Is that what you're into? Him and you, in the nude, that's what he's prepared to do. Is that the kind of thing that you think you might be into? And then maybe later, we'll get hot by the refrigerator. In the kitchen next to the pantry, you think that might be what you fancy. In the buff, being rude, doing stuff with the food. Getting nude with his food We heard that's what you are into And then on our next date Well you could bring your roommate I don't know if Stu is keen to But if you want we could double team you How about you and two dudes Him, you and she in the nude Being nude with two dudes with food Well that's if Stu's into it too All the things I do Things I do for you If I only knew That's what you're into I definitely don't need to go see this in IMAX 3D, so...
Oh. It's wah, on the wah. poster. I didn't make that up. <laughs> it says I'm actually right. treated. Wah, wah, removed. <laughs> <laughs>